Welcome to Career Pod, brought to you by Transition Solutions. Your host for today's episode is our founder and CEO, Mr. Fred Studley. When I first really got into it was I was like 12 years old, and uh, I got a job only on Saturday mornings at Lockovers in Boston. And the old chef Gus, who had been there for like 40 years, and um, started out just peeling vegetables, cutting vegetables, washing pots and pans. But there was three of us, all the same age, and he would, um, at the end of the day, we'd all look forward to it because he would send us in, into the walk-ins and tell us to grab four things and bring them out. So we'd grab four things, put them on the table, and he'd say, now I want you to try everything. Raw scallops, raw, anything raw. See what it tastes like, and he'd tell us to go cook something for him. Oh, that's very And cool. he would you know, he'd critique it for us. Yeah. Today's episode will be with Jim Neal, an experienced executive chef. Jim talks about the responsibilities of executive chefs. He discusses the traits most important for those entering the field and the value of a strong work attitude. A very interesting episode with a surprise as to Jim's favorite meal. Hope you enjoy. We're here today talking to uh, Jim Neal. He's an executive chef and with extensive experience. Uh, welcome to CareerPod. Thank you. Okay. Well, let, let's start in the beginning. Uh, briefly, uh, tell us a little bit about your early life, uh, maybe your parents' occupation, or how you were influenced to go into the whole area of culinary arts. Oh, I was one of eight kids. One of eight kids? One of eight kids. So you were hungry, parents. so that's why you got into food. <laughs> My parents were uh, right off the boat from Ireland. Okay. And they were infants when they came over here. They met over here. Um, my dad worked for the f- telephone company, Ma Bell, for 42 odd years, right. retired, and he was a World War II and Korean War vet. Okay, super. Um, my mother was a housewife, yep. you know, back in the day. She, you know, didn't really work, but as we got older, she went back to work. She had right. worked nights because, like I said, it was eight of us, so it was... And how about your entrance into this career field? Uh, what was the stimulus? I mean, I, I have a degree in special education from college. Yep. I taught school for a year, but I always cooked. I always had a grandfather that was a, a really good cook, uh, uncles, and uh, I had an aunt and uncle that used to take us to restaurants all the time. They never had kids, so they used to take us yeah. on Saturday nights. And I think it's just getting into it. And then when I first really got into it, was I was like 12 years old. And uh, I got a job only on Saturday mornings at Lockovers in Boston. And the old chef Gus, who had been there for like 40 years, and um, started out just peeling vegetables, cutting vegetables, washing pots and pans. But there was three of us, all the same age, and he would, um, at the end of the day, we'd all look forward to it because he would send us into the walk-ins and tell us to grab four things and bring them out. So we'd grab four things, put them on the table, and he'd say, now I want you to try everything. Okay. Raw scallops, raw, anything raw, see what it tastes like, and he'd tell us to go cook something for him. Oh, that's very cool. And he would, you know, he'd critique it for us. Yeah. And he'd tell us, oh, this is okay, this is terrible, this is this. And how old were you? Twelve. Wow, that's a spectacularly different kind of experience. And then just kind of like, you know, from there. Well, that's great. Yeah. And uh, what do you think, you know, given your years of experience, what do you think is important for people listening to this? What do they have to get in terms of their experience or the skill they learn or even their personality to be successful oh, in this field? The thing I learned that this old chef Gus taught us was he always said that being a chef of cooking was like 95% imagination, hmm. 5% skill. 
you had to think. If you could think and put things together in your mind and then take it forward from there and okay. you know, try to make it, then some things were lousy, some things would be good. Yeah, so trial and error. Trial and error. Yeah. But it's also one of those jobs that it's going to get into it. My own personal opinion is, is either you like it or you don't. There's no right. in-between. Okay. Long hours. Yep. When you first start out. Uh, I'd, I'd worked six, seven days a week, doubles, yep. someone with doubles. Yeah. You know, you start out and you pay your dues, and as you get older and more experienced and you get a name for yourself, things get easier. But Okay. Well, why don't we uh, back up? If you could just tell us, you know, what are the five or six basic responsibilities of the job as an executive chef? Well, an executive chef is you're basically in charge, usually in charge of. You have a you have a you have a line you have line cooks and it's usually if you're working in a restaurant it's usually a saute cook a broil cook an oven cook, uh, grand manger which is your salads and desserts and hmm. whatnot so you're in charge of like you know five six seven people, um, prep cooks, and then you go from there you know you make you have to make sure you give them their um, basically their prep list for the day. You know, this is, these are the entrees, these are the specials. You have to make sure everything's prepped up before, like, you, like say, your dinner service starts. Right. You have enough of everything. You don't want to run out, especially if you're in a nice restaurant and you're busy, like, on Friday and Saturday night. You know, your busy times, like, say, between 8 and 10. And at 9.30, you're, you're scrambling for scallops. It's like, why? <laughs> you know, you okay. can't do that. Right. But there's also financials. You're also in charge of payrolls. You get to the payroll. You're in charge of um, ordering. Inventory, budgeting. You have to make sure your budget match. Yep. You know, you have a food cost to match. Right. You have right. a labor cost to match. So yeah. it's not just cooking. It's, it's you have to be able. To, you have to know math. Yep. Because even recipes is math. Right. People don't understand. It's like you, know, you have to know how many ounces in a cup, how many cups in a quart, how many quarts in a gallon. I mean, yeah. it's just you know, people that, don't realize that. That's a test I'd fail. <laughs> but in any event, uh, okay. So that that's a little different perspective because people that you know think of executive chefs they think of the person with a the hat they think of the the creative side of it but there's a management side of it that's oh, very important side. and it's also you're the guy that you got to fill in with everything yeah. some, i mean you're the guy that someone bangs in and calls and sick the last minute and yeah. you can't find anybody to come in yeah. I've, I've been to, i've been one of the highest paid glorified dishwashers in the city yep. of boston at times you, you, you gotta know, you do just, it and you know and my philosophy is if if I can do it and I ask you to do it, don't tell me it's not your job. Right, right. <laughs> you know, just do it. I mean, well, how about uh, just general advice for those people looking to get into this field or in it to be more successful? A couple piece of advice you give them? Biggest advice is just just be there. Just do your job. Just don't, yep. you know, like I said, I mean, don't be jump in. It, right. Don't be afraid. I mean, if you do dishes, do dishes. I mean, you know, take out the garbage. I mean, just yep. do whatever has to be done. Yeah. No, that's consistent with a lot of people, yeah. whether it be the accountant or whatever, is just doing the work. And, you know, you can always do things on top of the yeah. basic work, but if you run out of work, find something else to do. Yeah, don't be afraid. I mean, there's an old saying in the you know the restaurant business, if you have time to lean, you have time to clean. Right. Because right. it's always because it's sanitation's yeah. a big, big aspect. Because yeah, no you know you get inspected it. by the, the the health, the state, and the city like some, two to three times a year. Okay. You know, and it's, you really gotta you know keep on top of things. Now, uh, how about technology? Uh, 
you know, and, and what I mean by technology, it's uh, how you cook. Uh, some of the apparatus, no doubt, has changed over the 20 years you've been doing it, whether it be the type of oven you use, the, the kind of mixing apparatus, the, and then your role as a manager. You know, in the old days, it may have been a spreadsheet. Now you're online using a laptop, doing whatever. So how has technology changed you? It, it helps to a point because, like you said, everything's online now. And being old school like myself, I'm a techno dinosaur. But, okay. you know, think, when things are online, use things to set up for you. It's easy doing your ordering. A lot of ordering is done online now, um, except for certain things. Like if you go into a bakery and you want certain aspects of breads or whatever, yeah. You know, a lot of places will bring samples to you, so you know exactly what you're getting before okay. you go, you know. Yeah. Uh, Equipment-wise, not not a lot has changed. I mean, you're still using ovens. You're still using steamers. Um, the only thing that I, I like that's new is that they have these new uh, ovens now that are, um, you can use, they turn steam and bake. You oh, get, okay. They're both, they're, they're both the which is, you know, it helps also. One piece of equipment, expensive. Yep. Yeah. But it helps you do. But a in, the, job. in the long run, it's still it's still you. It's still okay. you and fire. I All mean, right. it's not you know you and a frying pan or you and a grill. I mean, yeah. it's just you yeah. know it basically comes down to the person. Well, that goes back a long time. Fire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how about the most uh, satisfying part of your job? What what's the getting compliments from people? Yeah, yeah. You know, people like you know, I had the soup yesterday. It was awesome. Uh, that's that's always the big thing. Yeah. Oh, if you get, I've gotten written up a few times. I've had stuff published in magazines and mm. recipes are written up. Mm. You know, and it, it, you know, it's nice. Yeah, it's nice, and it's always. And then people will come in and say, "Oh, we're trying your restaurant for the first time. We heard from so and so who were here, mm. and they really like this, and they told us to come here." So word of mouth it spreads. I mean, that's good. It's always It's always nice. I mean, and there aren't too many jobs where you get that feedback. You know, if I'm an accountant. Uh, you know, people don't walk up to me on a daily basis and say, gee, it's nice you balance the books or whatever. They don't. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, but in a service like uh, food, uh, I guess that's true. Yeah, food's all. I mean, it's great because, you know, every once in a while, you, if you're really busy like on a Friday night and, you, yeah. you know, I've worked in restaurants where I've done, it seats 100 people and you've done like 500, 600 covers, the yeah. turnover, and you're just pumping the food out. Next thing you know, wages is coming back with, you know, a tray full of cold beers because the customer liked what they had oh, and send you, you know, to catch your snack, which is great, you know. That's great. Now, in, in uh, a similar way, there's got to be some frustrating parts of the job. Where, where the frustrations typically come from? Well, when things break down, uh, people, especially when people don't show up for the shifts, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's the biggest, biggest aspect. Or if you order something, you have a special going on, and you know, next Allison, you get a phone call that morning, and you know, Brevet is like, "Oh, yeah, you know, didn't come in. Oh, we ran out. We don't have it." And you've planned it for a, a whole week, and you know, scrambling. You're scrambling to get to find it. And now, cooks and people, uh, you bring up the aspect of you know, no shows, people that don't come to work. Do you have any uh, tricks in terms of how you hire people? that screens in the right people and screens out the wrong people? What, what do you look it's, for? Well, if I'm going to hire somebody, somebody comes in and says, you know, you look at the resume, it's like, oh, I, I can do this, I can do that. It's like, okay, come in such and such a time. Yep. Line things up. Okay. So I want you to cook this. Yep. And my biggest thing, the thing I look for the most is how they hold a the knife. Yeah. Because you can tell right off the bat, 
if they're blown smoke or right because there's a certain way you hold a knife yeah and yeah. I, I think i watched something on tv recently and it was all about that same issue about holding the knife and if you get taught the right way early in your career you know you, it will carry yeah. you through but if you're kind of faking oh, it yeah. you'll yeah and you, you can tear out the bat yeah and if someone says well I, I make a great this or i make a great that well it's like to me the thing i heard, learned early in the career is they they gave me a chart and they said okay and it was an herb and spice chart and it breaks down this goes with this and you know, this is go with the and if if you learn what flavors yeah. go with each flavors, it makes a big difference. So if right. someone tells you, oh, I do this and this, and you yeah, taste yeah. it, it's like, oh, no. No, no, no you no, don't. No. That breaks no, all the rules. Yeah, no, you don't. All right. You know? And how about a mentor or someone earlier in your life that had a big influence on your career? One of the guys, his name was Dave Johnson. Yep. He was the first chef I had when I worked in New Orleans. And he was uh, worked at Cafe Louis, a Cajun. He's a Cajun chef. And I really, he really made a real impression on me. Right. He Talk was, about creativity. Yeah, I he was mean. very down to earth, but he was very meticulous. But he was, he, a lot of chefs, they say, you know, mean-tempered and throw stuff it up. He was very even mm. keel, very, you know, he, you know, he, he did have a temper, but he wasn't like you typically like you see on TV, throwing right. pots and pans. Right. So you learned from observing him, or did you? Oh yeah, observing with him, working with them, and yeah. just you know, you ask a question. He's always that's one thing I learned that he brought along with me. I'm always willing to teach. You yeah, know, it's a big thing. And someone asks me for a recipe, I'll give it to him. Yeah, good. Some chefs will just hide it. Oh no, I can't give you. You know, it's like you know what you wanted. It's a reflection of me. You like it? I'll give it to you. Yeah, you okay. know. Well, that was probably. Uh, a mentor and probably a best supervisor, if you look back. Oh yeah, he was so. I mean, he was very laid back, and he they had he had that southern feel yeah. to him. But he's also a fantastic cook. I mean, he yeah. was un unbelievable. He was Good. French trained, you know, yep. blue in Paris. Right. But he was from yeah. the Bayous, yeah. right? Acadia came back. Acadians came back, and yeah, he was awesome. That's great. Yeah. Now, how about the flip side of your best supervisor and not naming names? And who was your worst supervisor? But more importantly. What did they do that, you know, was off the reservation? Oh, yeah, that, that, I worked with this one guy in the kitchen, and all he did was scream and holler. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you never saw him with the finger to help anybody. Yeah. And, you know, he was always just telling you what to do, do this, do that. And, you know, to me, it's a way of telling you to do something and a way of telling you to do something. Right, right. And he had no personality, you know, yeah, he was bully, just gruff. And, pretty ways. much, yeah. Yeah. And he would throw things. I mean, he yeah. was, you know, he'd slam things, smash things. Then one day he was in the kitchen and he, uh, one of the prep cooks or something, didn't answer right away, and he threw a pot at him and almost hit me. Dude. I just turned around and I looked at him, my exact words were, if it weighs under 250 pounds, I'm going to throw it right back at you. Right, right. And that that creates, obviously, a lot of turnover in that restaurant. Oh, it was ridiculous. How, how long can you tolerate that? Yeah, it was that? ridiculous. He was an idiot. Okay. Uh, and that probably was your worst place that you worked. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I lasted like three, four months then. I had, I had yeah, to leave. I just couldn't yeah. do it. And I think in other episodes, we've pointed out that the number one reason people leave their job is their supervisor. And it isn't money, but if you're working for a horrible supervisor, it'll be a short tenure. If you're working for a good guy, as your Cajun experience was, there's a good chance you'll oh, yeah. overlook things and because you like that work environment. 
Yeah, I've actually stayed at jobs. I've gone to jobs that worked, you know, three, four, five, six years. Because, you know, chefs, you, you move on. Because you, it's just the one field that no matter how old you are, how long you've been in it, you always learn. You always right. learn. There's no way you're not going to learn something. Right. And I, I've gone to places where I've taken cut and pay because I wanted to work with that person. Yeah. And I yeah. like the environment. Right. You know, it's a chance to learn something different. And I think especially, well, early to mid-career, uh, you're, you're learning. So you want to be in an environment where they share information no matter what you do. And you've had the, uh, oh, the yeah. good fortune of, of having that. So that's good. How about luck? Good luck and bad luck. Any? Uh, oh, it's always the food, food business. Like I said, especially trying to develop a recipe. Yep. You know, you try something that you think is good. You put it on the menu, and they, you know, people send plates full of food back to you. Right. You know, it's like, oh, I thought it was good. Uh, but, you my know. relatives liked it. <laughs> yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. All right. And then, uh, so that's kind of a mixture of good luck and bad luck yeah. and trial and error. How about in your career? Any uh, good luck in that regard? Yeah, I've had some great jobs. I've had some yeah. good jobs, and I've had some, you know, like I said, I think it's, it goes with anybody. Yeah. You know, you have your ups and downs. I mean, it's just, you know. Yeah. And at some point, uh, careers need to be integrated with the whole notion that some jobs are just work. It's just work. Yeah. I mean, and it's not self-actualizing. It doesn't make me, you know, think differently or whatever. It, it's just, you know, it's yeah, there for the paycheck. Like I said, a lot of jobs are what you make of it, too. Yep. I mean, you can go into a job with expectations of, you know, delusions of grandeur. You wind up with nothing. Yep. And you can do other jobs where you're like, oh, I'll just take this to fill in for now. And next thing you know, you're there five, ten, ten years later. Right. right. Because it okay. just works off it. I mean, it's... So, uh, now how about what formal training did you receive? Was it uh, all on the job and, and learning from masters? It was all on the masters? job. School of okay. Hard Knocks. Okay. Well, it's yeah. in, that, I in, just, in your I, field, there's a lot of yeah. that. I mean, I've worked, I've had a lot of jobs of probably a 10-year span. I've probably had eight different jobs. Yep. Because yep. you learn different things. I just want to learn and learn and learn. Yep. And you move on, move on, move right. on. And, and, and we're finding. And, and when you find a certain aspect, you kind of stabilize yourself, and you want to stay for a few years, and just you know. Yeah, and I think in a lot of jobs in in your field, in particular, the idea of going someplace and staying eight years uh, isn't going to be the future. You'll still have you know multiple jobs. Ten years will be shorter, and uh, I think that's probably what the future is. Yeah, gonna be it's like. like you know in the county field, you have that itch. You know, it's hmm. always like. You start off, and it's almost like you're at a job, and you develop a name for yourself. You develop a good reputation for the restaurant. Then it's like, okay, time to move on. Try something new. Right. You know? Now, if you would do anything differently in your career, anything you would have done differently? I don't think so. I mean, like I taught school for a year, and it just... Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get... I taught special education. I worked in the, you know, handicapped kids, and it was fun. I mean, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't. Yeah. I, like I said, the restaurant field is, is the old saying: you play hard, you work hard. All right. And being young before, I had my own kids or whatever. You know, you get you work doubles on a Friday and a Saturday. You gotta work. You know, you're there at seven in the morning. You leave like at midnight. But then you sit around the bar in the place and slap on beers three, four, five hours, go right. home, sleep yeah. for a couple hours, and you're right back to work again. Yeah, that's that's an occupational yeah. you know, hazard, if yeah. you will, in uh, in many ways. And in, uh, in that field there's a lot of uh, like Anthony Bourdain said, you know, yeah. you read some of his books, there's a lot of yeah. drug use because you're 
you gotta get it, get, stay up. You gotta get keep right. going. You gotta go, go, go. Right. And then also when it's time to relax, you're doing go on the other aspect. You're on the downside. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's like a truck driver in that regard. Yeah. You gotta stay yeah. awake. You gotta stay awake. Well, you can help me now. Uh, well, you you have one meal left to eat in uh, this fictitious world I'm inventing. What would your plate look like if you can only have one meal? Uh, what would your my plate? Believe it or not, and this is God's honest truth. And you can ask my wife. I'm a hot dog freak. Hot dog freak. <laughs> yeah. Now I love hot dogs, so we've hit a chord here. Now uh, you put cheese on them. Me, I just like it sauerkraut, mustard, and onions. All right. And yeah. uh, do you grill the bun? No. No. Is it white bread bun? Plain white bun. All right. Now this is this is yeah. something close to my heart here. Yeah. That's uh, that's me. I've I've worked in restaurants in Copley Square. Uh, one was called Dobbin Street Restaurant. We were on TV. We were the first restaurant in Boston that did the small pizzas, and yep. we had you know caviar, smoked salmon pizzas. That I'm going back in the late '80s, early '90s. We were charging twenty-seven dollars for right in, right on the corner of Dartmouth and Newberry Street. And okay. my chef at that time was from Portugal, and the two of us at lunchtime, the employees would make a nice employee meal, different kinds of homemade pastas or whatever. We'd walk across the Trinity Church coffee place there. Yep. And teddy dogs and two or three hot dogs, but sit there and eat hot dogs. <laughs> All right. Well, I know what I want for dinner tonight. It's going to be a hot dog. I actually probably. had them last night, believe it or not. I went home and hot dogs. All right. Well, this has been very informative, Jim. Yeah. And uh, I really appreciate it. A lot of, uh, you know, people are, are gravitating. It's a service industry, a, the future of uh, culinary arts and, and uh, chef. Uh, it's a growing field. Big growing field. Uh, so it's a one healthy thing too career. that I always my, both my boys were chefs. They went to yep. Johnson Wales. One is the executive chef at Northeastern University, and the other one went to the management aspect. He's a senior food director. Okay. But I always taught them, and I always tell people is that if you work in the culinary field, no matter what you do, you could be a dishwasher, or whatever, it doesn't make any difference. You're always going to have at least one meal. Yep. You're going to eat. That's you're right. gonna eat. Yeah, that's a you, good point. Yeah, you're not gonna go hungry. You'll always have a meal. All right. And well, it's and then you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's a, a steady occupation. And, too. and people have to eat. Right. And they're not gonna eat at home all the time. You want to get out, try something different. And I think you've educated yeah. us the fact that it's yeah. a creative field. Uh, the idea that it's a cookie cutter meal every time. Yeah. You have the ability to kind of uh, experiment and, and do. Yeah. What and you the like thing the is, best. if you if you get something, you find something good, and you, you're good at it, like especially sautéing, you got to make sure it's the exact same thing over and right. over and over. Yeah. But it's the satisfaction too of, at the end of the day, you know, you have a hundred seat restaurant, and in a matter of five six hours, you're pumping out six hundred meals. Right. And that's, not one complaint? Yeah, it's a good feeling. You know? Okay. Well, thank you again for the sure. time. Okay? Thanks a lot. Yeah. And one other thing I want to tell you, too, I learned, too, that the chef, the Gus, always said, booze and butter. Booze and butter? Booze and butter and anything. No yeah. one's, everything's better with booze, booze and butter. Booze and butter. Okay. And that's the truth. All right. I'll take that to the bank. All okay. right. Take care now. All right. Thanks.